We are in a series called Can I Change? And what we're talking about is this idea that we will meet ourselves in five years. <laughs> Unless you die, and then we'll have a funeral here. But if you don't, uh, you are going to meet yourself in five years, and you will have the opportunity within those five years to change. And uh, the, the, the series is called Can I Change? And hopefully in the last three weeks, we've come to the conclusion that we can. And uh, so we talked about this idea of like, can these dry bones live? Maybe something that we've been dealing with for years and years and years. Um, I can, can I really get over that? You know, maybe you have an addiction or whatever. Or maybe you've just been undisciplined. Or maybe you wanted to, you know, like I was joking about, I want to learn Spanish. And it's like, it's taking me forever. And it, I, mean, I feel slow at it. And, I'll, you know, I just, I, you know, mess up all the time. And I, it makes me nervous and all that kind of, it's just whatever it is. Like, can, can we really change? Some of us have some family of origin issues that make it difficult for us to change because these are the things that were inserted into our personality maybe at 11 or 12 years old that is uh, hard, hard to get over. And so uh, last week we talked about the idea of changing some atomic habits, some little micro habits. And I, I showed you uh, three books that aren't Christian books, but uh, one of them has changed my life and that's Atomic Habits. It's a New York Times bestseller. But The Power of Habit, Atomic Habits, and um, The One Thing are, are three great books for that. Now the, the great thing about truth, okay, is that when you read a book that doesn't mention Jesus at all and you're going through and like, man, that really resonates with me, you can oftentimes go, oh, that's like this verse. Oh, that's like this story in the Bible. Oh, that's like that. So that's why I, I, I put these up there. Now, just in fairness, I wanted to also recommend two Christian books that uh, help along with this as well, just in case you were offended that they're non-Christian books. Uh, one is uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Read it. It's a great, great book uh, by Peter Scazzaro. And uh, the other one is a super old book called The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. And uh, both of those have been really helpful for me on my journey in uh, following uh, Jesus. And so um, just check those out if you get a chance. This morning, we're going to talk about, when we talked last week about starting new habits or good habits or habit stacking, in other words, you brush your teeth and then you read the word and that just happens naturally every, every day or whatever it is. Today, we're going to talk about breaking bad habits, okay? And so what I'm going to do this morning is take three of these categories of breaking bad habits that's found in the book Atomic Habits, and I'm going to show you why Scripture had been talking about this way longer than uh, the New York Times even existed, okay? And so uh, we'll be talking about that. And then there's one fourth one that I wanted to talk about next week just by itself. To me, it's the most important thing about change is uh, next week. So if you're uh, here uh, next week, that would be great. But we've been talking about this idea that no matter what you do, there will be a future you, okay? So that, that future you might be smarter, might be dumber, might be more addicted, might be less addicted, might be thinner, okay? Might be not thinner, uh, you know, it, 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 it could be whatever, but it's, it's coming. Your future you is coming, and your future you would probably have some things to say to you now to go, hey, maybe it's time to address 
that issue. Maybe it's time to um, get uh, some help. Maybe it's time to stop, or maybe it's time to start. And so that's what we've been talking about. And, and the kind of anchor uh, sermon that we've been, I mean, the anchor verse that we've been talking about comes in Luke 2.52, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And I just, uh, this is one of my favorite verses because it, 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 not only does it humanize Jesus, it also sets up an uh, uh, idea, an example for me. Like, hey, I can change. I can get better. The things that I struggled with five years ago, 10 years ago, I mean, everybody pretty much knows my story that for a long time, I struggled with anxiety. I mean, it was just, it was crippling. It was debilitating, right? I don't anymore. And it's not because I'm smarter than you or better than you or I just gritted my teeth. It's that I just was able to invite the Lord into more and more and more areas of my life. And then that began to melt away. And so uh, I just love this verse that Jesus uh, increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. So um, I'll tell you a little story. When I was in college, I went to a small liberal arts college in Santa Barbara called Westmont College, which means my degree is useless. But my point is, I, I went to that uh, college and they had this, uh, I don't know how I got it, but it was, uh, if you wrote an essay and your essay was picked, you would, you would fly to San Francisco for a, um, a little conference on education. Now, I didn't major in education, I don't know anything about education, but I grew up poor, and the idea that someone would pay for me to go on a trip was like worth me writing an essay. So I wrote the essay. I have no idea what it says. I, I, I tried to find it, I couldn't find it, uh, but I wrote this essay, and, and I, I made it, right? So uh, it, it turned out I had no business being there. I mean, no business. The student body president of UCLA was picked. The student body president of USC was picked. And the student body president of Stanford was picked. And then I was picked. That's not funny. Okay, no, I'll just, right? No, of course it's funny, right? So like, here we are, and, and then there was this, um, it, was, it was put on by the Secretary of Education at the time. So his name was uh, B Bill Bennett or William Bennett. I don't know if you remember him or not. He wrote the Book of Virtues and had a gambling problem. But anyway, uh, that, that, that's him. And so, so uh, we, we fly there on a prop plane. So because I'm going from Santa Barbara to San Francisco. So it's not like a jet. I mean, a jet would just be like, you know, but it's a, it's a prop plane. And uh, I remember what they said, before you go, weigh your luggage because it can only hold so much weight and weigh yourself. So I had to, I had to like, you, know, you probably couldn't do it nowadays, but back Gen X, man, they were just like, who cares? But um, we, you'd weigh yourself and your baggage and it could only be a certain amount because the prop plane could only handle so much weight, right? So I think my bag was like 40, 40 pounds or whatever it, whatever it was. 
And so uh, I, I, I have to get, I get rid of all this. I'm traveling light and everything. And we get there and I sit down with these, well, smart people. And, and we're going around and they have ideas about education. And I mean, they just, they're world changers. And I'm like, have you guys tried these mini cheesecakes? They, <laughs> they are they are amazing, right? So I, I, didn't, I didn't fit. But here's, here's, here's my point. You're like, dude, what does this have to do with the Bible? Well, look, uh, uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. But that trip changed my life. It, it like made me feel a part of something b- bigger than myself, right? And these guys, I mean, they were really into themselves, but uh, they were into deep thinking, right? And so it it, something changed in me, like maybe, maybe I could be smart, you know, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm a college student, right, right, now, where is this going? In the same way that I couldn't get on that plane if I had too much baggage, is the same way God, you think he might be holding you back, you might be thinking, but there's baggage in you that needs to first go away before you can get to the place God wants you to be. I'm telling you this just as my own personal experience. There are places God wants to take you, but he can't because there's some stuff that needs to be dealt with first. And that's what we're gonna be talking about this morning. There are some things you've been carrying around, some addictions, some things that just kind of have been messing up your relationships. Maybe it's a substance. Maybe it's a, a internet websites that you can't stop looking at. It's something. Maybe it's an anger issue that you've been carrying around this anger all this place. And the Lord's like, I want you to get on the plane. I want you to go see what your life could be like different than it is now. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. So how do we get these bad habits at all? And we're, we'll get to the scripture, trust me, uh, uh, um, in, in just a second. Um, but I do want to um, preface it with some science. And uh, most scientists, when they discuss bad habits, and, and if any of you are in recovery or you've been sober for a while or whatever it is, you understand all of it. You're just like, yeah, yeah, I get it, right? And, and two of the big things are stress and boredom. That's what gets us into something is stressful, and the way we deal with that stress is not to actually deal with the issue, it's to mask it. So we either engage in some type of um, uh, uh, activity, whether it's to medicate, whether it's to escape, whether it's to move, because the stress is just too much. Or, and especially in America, because we are in the most opulent time and hit in world history we get bored i mean this is why we're this is why we're i mean scrolling all the time we could we just get we just get bored we're not having to go hunt a lion during the week to you know what i mean like we're just it's just like yeah we sit around we went to work we came home and you know off off we go and we also all have pretty much the same goals you have financial goals you know, you don't, no one wants to, you know, be poor, uh, you know, obviously, and you've got spiritual goals. You want to be better uh, in your relationship with Jesus than you were uh, last week or the week before that or whatever. Uh, you have relational goals. Some of, 
Some of us want to be married. Some of us want to start dating. Some of, I mean, if you're single, uh, so some of us are, are, are just want friends. You know, we have these relational goals. Some of us have relational goals with our kids. We're like, I just want them to call. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and maybe with your, grand, with your grandkids as well. And then we have physical goals. You know, none of us want to be unhealthy. We might be unhealthy, but we don't want to. We want that. But the problem is these don't fix themselves. You don't wish any of these into existence. It becomes your routines, your systems, and your patterns. So here's the question, and then we'll get into the scriptures. Based on the person you want to become, what habit do you need to break? So last week was all about what habit do you need to include. This is about what habit do you need to break? Now, and when I say habits, a lot of us will think to ourselves like, well, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't, you know, whatever that is. But I, I, I might be talking about um, what are you watching online that brings you outrage and anger? So it, it might not be, you know, pornography or something big. It might be the new, it might be Newsmax or CNN, or whatever, whichever side of the aisle you're on, where you just find yourself all day long, you're kind of upset. And when somebody's name is mentioned, basically an old white dude on either side, you, <laughs> you are just triggered, right? You're just triggered, right? See that? I see what I did there? I'm an equal opportunity mocker, okay? So don't, don't worry about it, right? So, so what habit, when you, when you, Think about the person you want to become. What needs to be, what doesn't make it on the plane? What, 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 what do you have to say? You know what? This week, that's not going to be part of my life. It might be a substance for you. It might be a way you've, you've, you've medicated to get through whatever stress or boredom that you've been getting through. It might be a relationship where you're like, you know what? I just got to set a hard boundary here. It might be a really, really tough decision. Like you need to change jobs or schools or move or whatever, okay? So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So uh, we're going to be in the book of Judges for a little bit, and then we're going to bounce around. So the book of Judges, there's a, there's a guy in the Bible. His name is Samson, okay? And I don't know if you know the Bible well. Or maybe you're new to the Bible, but you've, you probably have heard part of this story of Samson uh, because he was a judge. And um, you probably think, if you're, if you're just kind of riffing off of your mind, you're thinking, Samson, that's, he was strong, right? Like, we name our dogs Samson. You know, you're like, you don't, you don't name, you know, your fish Samson. You name a dog, you know, you name a, you know, something like a big, you know, animal is Samson, right? Because it's, it's strong. But the story of Samson is actually quite sad. Uh, at the end, uh, he basically kills himself and a bunch of other people. Samson killed a lot of people, okay? I'm just telling you, he was pretty bad, okay? So, uh, but Samson is uh, this judge in Israel, and it says Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. So the Philistines were in control of Israel at the time. So they hated each other. The Jews and the Philistines hated each other. And so Samson was a judge in Israel while they were occupied by the Philistines, and there's two words that come right after this verse. And it's these. 
One day. One day. Now, a couple things real quick. When the Bible slows down, so you're reading along the Bible, you're reading, 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 and all of a sudden, it slows, like all of a sudden, one day. So think about this, just from a, the let's put our theological hats on. One day in all of human history, one dude, the scriptures chose to record it, right? The scriptures chose to pick this day and this dude to tell us something, and something about ourselves, and something about the people we work with, and something about all of human nature and human history. One day. Now, my prayer for us by the time we get out of here this morning is that this would be the day that you go back to before your one day. One day, maybe you went to a party in college or in high school. And your life began its dive down. You had your first drink, first smoke, first whatever. One day you found out that the internet has some really dark things in it. And that started your decline. One day you decided to go on that date. One day you decided to make that purchase. One day, one day. What I'm here to tell you is you can get back to before that one day. Here's what happened to Samson. The whole scripture picks a day and a dude. One day, one day, Samson went to Gaza. Now you go like, oh, I, don't care. I don't care. I mean, we, we know of like the Gaza Strip. Like that's kind of the new thing. But Gaza, first of all, Gaza was the Philistine capital. So like he has no business going to Gaza. The other thing is, Gaza was about 25 miles away from where he currently was when this was uh, recorded. One day, he decides to just go to Gaza. That's weird. Let's see if the Bible gives us any other clues about this one day. Where he saw a prostitute. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, the Bible doesn't say, I mean, it just says he saw, I mean, I could see, you know, like that's no big deal. I might see something, you know, there, there you go, you know, as long as you don't act on it. <sighs> Sorry, Samson. He went in to spend the night with her. So this dude walked or rode on a donkey for 25 miles because this dude had a problem. And when you read the story of Samson, he had a woman issue throughout the whole story. His first marriage ended in tragedy. Uh, then he's, now he's in this particular thing. He's with prostitutes. And then, you know, uh, the, the, his most famous relationship is Delilah. So if you know uh, anything about that story, we won't get into it this morning. But this begins the tragedy of this guy who took a Nazarite vow. He was called by God. As a matter of fact, throughout this, the, the story, it would say the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. But he couldn't get over this habit. He couldn't get past this issue. And I just wonder, what kind of judge would Samson have been if he could have gotten this thing dealt with? 
And I also wonder, what kind of man or woman would we be if we could get over the issue that's troubling us? Okay? So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And like I said, there's four different issues uh, or four different things that we're going to uh, discuss over the next few minutes. Um, and the fourth one is uh, next week. We're going to take the whole sermon and talk about what, what happens uh, next week. But again, I got this from uh, Atomic Habits, and I, the reason I took it out of there was because it just matches up with Scripture so well. And so uh, I stole it, okay? And I, I, do, not, I do not apologize, because that dude made a lot of money off that book. Okay, so he's going to be fine. So we take our, we take our uh, issue that we're dealing with, maybe whatever it is. You know what your issue is, okay? So just insert it here. The first thing we do is we make it invisible. We, 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 we try to not have it in our face, okay? So we, 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 if, it's, if it's a certain substance, we try to get to a place where that substance does not exist. If it's a certain relationship, we try to remove that relationship from us. The Bible says it this way, and we talked about this a little bit last week as it relates to good small habits. Now we're taking the exact same verse and flipping it for our bad habits. Whoever can be trusted with very little. In other words, start as small as you can and begin to eliminate that. Can also be trusted with much. And the flip side for this week, and whoever is dishonest with very little or can't handle very little is also going to have a problem, will also be dishonest with much. And so what the Bible is saying here, what Scripture is saying here is pay attention to the tiny things. Pay attention to the small things first. Here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs says it like as clearly as you could probably possibly see it, Proverbs 4, 14, uh, 4, 14 and 15, do not set foot on the path. Don't mess around. Don't play around. Don't think, oh, well, it's been five days. I'm, I'm probably pretty strong now at this. Uh, uh, Colossians, uh, uh, Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians 6, 18, talks about, uh, uh, I'm, tra- I'm trans, uh, uh, translating it into John, but Man, once you think you got it covered, you're, you're, you're done. That's what it says. But anyway, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Don't mess around. Set your boundaries so far back you can't even see what it's going to be. If you guys remember the Lego sermon, I, I preach it about every four or five years. We have giant Legos on stage and we say um, that, that the, the cliff is uh, like an affair or financial ruin or whatever. And then we put these Lego walls up and we say, let's, let's make our boundary back here so we're not even close. That's what we do about make it invisible. Like I don't even think about that far because my boundary is this far. Do not set foot on the path. Do not travel on it. Now watch. Turn from it and go your way. Now, now, what I love about this verse is that what the scripture is saying is you have a way that doesn't include this. You're going on a trip that doesn't include the baggage. Like God wants to take you on your way and it doesn't include this thing that you've been carrying around. Make it invisible. Take it seriously. Here's the way Jesus says it. 
He says, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery, right? That's the big thing. That's the, you know, in any marriage, you don't want to do that. That's for sure. But then Jesus goes, no, 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 bro. But I say, make that invisible. Don't even look at, don't objectify women. Why don't, why don't you start there? Like forget about adultery, because then we will all walk around and go, I haven't committed adultery, I haven't committed adultery. You, you missed the whole point. Jesus is saying, hey, hey, dude, stop making the big thing the thing. Go back. Don't even look upon a woman lustfully. Come on, she's a daughter. She's a daughter, right? He, he's, he goes on, he says again, you've heard it said, uh, the people long ago, don't break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you've made. But I say, stop making oaths. <laughs> stop doing that. Like, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Make the thing way back here. Make it invisible. Make it invisible. He goes on, he says, you've heard it say an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Actually, that's in, in the Bible, right? But Jesus says it this way. Don't, don't resist an evil person. In other words, don't make it incumbent upon you to decide what justice is. <laughs> right? Because you'll always get it wrong, right? We, what we say here at Living Spring all the time is when my woundedness meets your brokenness, it creates a wound that no one can heal. Like, you just can't repay it, okay? And Jesus goes, hey, man, make it way before. Now, I put halt up here just, just for fun because it's, um, th these are your triggers. If you're uh, hungry, alone, uh, uh, hungry, angry, lonely, or um, Thank you, tired, yeah. Uh, then just be on your guard is basically that, wh why I put that up there. Because that's one of the things. What's triggering me right now? And so maybe if, something, if I'm doing something and it triggers me, maybe I make that invisible and I go even farther down the line. And I remove that from my life. And am I still being triggered? Okay, then let's go back. to Make it, make it invisible. Uh, uh, Jesus goes on, you, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You go away. The opposite, opposite, opposite. Make it invisible. Second thing is, make it unattractive. And I'll, I'll have all three of these at the end so you can take a picture if you want um, and, and uh, keep them in the back of your mind. Make it un unattractive. This is so cool. Galatians is so brutal in the way uh, Paul talks about everyday life. He doesn't mince any words, and that's what I mean by make it unattractive. T t say it for what it really is, okay? Like, don't, you know, we're so good at fooling ourselves, are we not? Like, we just, oh, you know, it's just this little thing. Like, no, it's not. Watch what he says. He says, whoever sows to please their flesh, okay, from the flesh will reap destruction. <laughs> like, this is what Paul's saying, if I had to translate it into the book of John, stop playing. You're just going to end up hurt. Like, like, call it for what it is. If it's sin, it's sin. It's not a white lie. It's a lie. It's not, it's not uh, oh, you know, she, she caught my eye. It's like, no, you're lusting. Like, it's not good for you. None of this is good for you. So, so we make it unattractive. Whoever sows to, the, to please the Spirit will reap eternal life. Philippians says it this way. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, as just as you have had us uh, uh, as a model, keep your eyes on those who live 
as we do. In other words, find the people in your life that are five years down the road from you and do what they do. If you see a man or a woman in your life and you're like, man, how do they have that prayer life? Find them, model your life after them. Okay, he goes on. For as often, this is how serious Paul is when he writes it. Look, as often as uh, I've told you before, and now I tell you again, even with tears, the New American Standard says, I'm weeping right now. <laughs> like he's so serious about this. That the sin that we enter into is not just, oh, I sin, I ask for forgiveness. I sin, I ask for It's unattractive. It's, it's, it's filthy, the Bible says. You say, John, you sound like a prude. You sound like a you know, like ultra-conservative person. No, Paul's telling you this stuff is so serious. Call it for what it is. Uh, one of the things about uh, uh, AA that I, I, I always appreciated is that people just say, I'm an alcoholic. Like, I'm, a, I'm an addict. I'm a this. It's like, okay, good. You just said the real thing out loud. That's the beginning of, like, coming to, you know, if, you're, if you have a problem with pornography, you might be a sex addict. So just, man, it got so quiet. So just say it. Like, make it unattractive. Call it what it is. He says, I'm, I'm crying right now. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. And we go, well, I'm not an enemy of the cross of Christ. That's, that's like, what, that's like a, what a witch is. Or a demon is the enemy. Watch what he says. Their destiny is destruction, okay? And you're like, oh man, yeah, that's not me. That's not me. Their God is their stomach. Oh, <laughs> that is me, actually, now that I think about it. Like, do I need to rethink the patterns in my life to call them something they need to be called? We make it unattractive. Their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But then he flips it to get to the day before one day. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly, eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform us, will transform us. Call it what it is. If, 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 if you have something in your life, if there's a baggage in your life that needs to be addressed, address it. Call it what it is. If it's sin, it's sin. Just, just be honest. That's, that's, where our, that's where our power comes from, from the truth. We'll transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Make it unattractive. Uh, we, don't have, we don't have time for this from, just read Mark 7, okay? <laughs> and then third, make it difficult. Make it, make it hard to do. Put something in the way of whatever it is. If, 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 if you're going to purchase uh, something and that's like your thing, then give someone you trust your credit cards. Just get, hand them over, okay? I need to buy you know, whatever. Maybe you have a shopping thing or whatever, or, or you have someone. Uh, I know a person who on Monday, they have their assistant change all the passwords to their social media. <laughs> so they can't get on Twitter, they can't get on Instagram, they can't get on Facebook. And then on Friday after work, the assistant says, 
here are your new passwords, and that weekend, uh, I guess you could just scroll till you die. I don't know, but, 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 but they've, they've, put, they've, made it, they've made it difficult. Watch with the way Jesus puts this. Because here's what I find in my own life and with friends of mine and my accountability partners, because I have many accountability partners. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Um, I wish I didn't need an accountability partner. <laughs> I really do. I really wish that as your pastor, you could say, John, you're so spiritual. I mean, thank you, but, uh, but I do. I do, and because it, I, I just need these people in my life. And so we always say, like, I wish I didn't. But watch what Jesus says. And this should be so encouraging to you and I. Jesus says it this way about making it difficult. If your right hand causes you to stumble, right, Cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now you might think, oh my goodness, hell. Like the hell sounds, t- like I don't, want to go to, I don't want to go to hell. But in the context of what Jesus is saying, what he's saying is to go through life with the baggage that's going to hold you back is hell. Okay, your, your body doesn't get thrown into hell, your soul does. He's talking about whatever you need to do right now to get that baggage out, do it. Whatever it costs you, do it. Now, of course he's not literal because all of us would be missing our hand, right? All right, he goes on, he makes it even worse. If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. Right? I don't know why you couldn't just put it in your pocket, but apparently... You just, I mean, it ain't going, you know. Anyway, your right eye causes you to stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. It is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Get it handled. Make it difficult. If someone needs the password to your computer, give them the password to your computer. If you need a software on something that tracks every single place you go and it gets emailed to somebody, I've seen this happen as well, and that's what you look at, and they, they get, the, like, like, why are you looking up Taylor Swift? Like, you know, because uh, she's dating Kelsey now, which is cool, but, um, <laughs> right? What, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, if it means leaving a, a, a job because this one person that you work with is just too much of a, too much of a temptation or whatever, or you notice things not you know, kind of going away, you don't want them to go, get rid of it. As the worship band comes back up, uh, just so you can kind of see it, three things from the Bible and atomic habits. Make it invisible, make it unattractive, and make it difficult. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about um, make it unsatisfying. So what we're going to do uh, right now is just, we're just going to take a little bit of time. We're going to end with one worship song. And what we do is um, we open up the, the altar. If you want to come and pray, you can pray about anything you want. I, I like to go and kneel right after I'm done preaching to kind of reset my, my week. So as I go into Monday... I'm kind of centered. Maybe you have something that's been on your heart. Maybe you'd like someone to pray for you, like to to actually pray with you. Uh, There'll be someone in front of the cross here that can pray with you. Um, But uh, yeah, let's make sure we listen to his voice. Lord Jesus, I pray for um, just all of us who have these things. Some of them are small. 
they're, they're lightweight. They're just a little check that we need to get handled. For some of us, this weight just doesn't feel like it can ever go. Lord, I pray freedom. I pray freedom upon those that feel discouraged. They feel like they've tried to get rid of this thing and then it keeps coming back. They've tried to get rid of it and it keeps coming back. Lord, I pray that today would be the day before one day. How we could go and remove that baggage. So Lord, I pray as we uh, spend this little bit of time and uh, pay attention to what you have to say, Lord, that we'd hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> go ahead and if you're not standing, stand for the blessing. Dude, that was awesome, dude. I'm sorry. That dude's got some pipes. Okay, sorry, got distracted. Now, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would leave here today free, that you would leave here sensing his presence and his love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.